the most scariest thing I've ever done recently mm -hmm. was to take my aircraft up and use up every single fuel there is in the aircraft until the engine cut out and then I went to a tank that had fuel in it to draw fuel out of it. That's crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. I, uh, maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I need to do a sanity check. But yeah. I'm not suicidal, don't get me wrong. No, of course not. In 2017, my guest today made the world record as the first African pilot to do a solo trip across the world in a single engine light aircraft. His name is Captain Ademilola Odujimri. I lost my uncle in 1983 in a plane crash. I'm sorry. So my father wasn't going to pay for me to become a pilot because he yes. said, I'm not going to pay for my son to die. Yeah. So that was the first hurdle. And then I remembered literally 17, 18, I ran off from London, uh, Lagos to London and I did numerous jobs saving mm -hmm. uh, to become a pilot. And then the second challenge was the financial side because mm -hmm. no one was going to pay for me. The third one was the racial side. Oh, really? Okay. Because whether you like it or not, um, I'm a, you know, there's not that many black pilots in that northern hemisphere mm -hmm. where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So you've got a stereotype, the racial prejudice, you've mm -hmm. got to fight as well. Mm -hmm. You've got to be three times better. Just put it that way. Today he joins me in an exclusive interview from his base in London, he's come to Nigeria, um, to talk about how he managed to make and beat that record. It was an eight month. Yes, correct. Yes. What did it take to prepare yourself for these eight months? I took every day as it came. Okay. I got stuck in between. I ran off to get jobs right. just to fund the next mile. I remember I got stuck in Greenland. Would you, so you would get stuck while on the I trip? I would get stuck and I'll leave the aircraft where it is. Then and I'll go, go do back, jobs go to, to get money work. to continue. Yeah. Oh, the, wow. the funniest one was when I got to Canada, Goose yeah. Bay, and I'd run out of money. I had absolutely zilch, no money. And I stood there and I was thinking, what do I do now? I said, oh, go fund me. I'm going to call it help fund my next mile. So if everyone gave me a pound for a mile, I'll get to London. So I was making my luck as I went along. And when I got to London, there was a story about me in something called Flight International Magazine. Mm -hmm. So I got to London, I ran out of money again, and I got another job for three months. Mm -hmm. And I was sat in an airplane like this, and one guy walked past me and he went, picked up the magazine, I went, is this you? I went, yeah. He goes, you're flying around the world. I said, yeah. So what are you doing here? I said, I'm looking for money to, to carry on. Right. He said, what do you mean you're looking for money? Speak to my boss. And that was how I finished. Really? So that was the impetus. It was his boss yeah. that saw me going to work for three months yeah. in Djibouti mm -hmm. that said to me, if you've flown from America all the way down to England, you cross the Atlantic Ocean with that aircraft that weighs half the size of a family car we're going to sponsor you. It was the most unconventional way to fly around the world. Yeah. Now, he's set to climb, to break, to build another record. So I thought about having an aircraft that weighs literally like three, 400 kilos. And I thought, how about I fly that little aircraft the longest ever on a, you know, the longest distance is ever flown. Um, and the reason why I wanted to do it is to just see how efficient I could fly. Uh, because to take something that weighs 400 kilos and fly it for like 
34 hours, which I'm about to do. Mm. Um, you need to be mm. sipping the fuel. You need to be like pretty much next to perfection. Right. And so when are you going to be embarking on this? Uh, it's either November or March. Right. I'm excited that he's speaking to me about one of those feats that makes you wonder and marvel at the capacity of the human mind. There is a lot more to this. My book is coming out. Right. We have a documentary we're, we're, we're making. And the only one thing you'll take out from that documentary is, this is the last person to ever do this. Mm. You know, I said that to you before. Mm. I am that last person to ever do what I'm doing. Mm. <laughs> Come for me. <laughs> You're married at the time you did this first oh, yeah. trip, yes. What did she think about this um, adventure? I, I got married very early. Right. And my wife ticked every single box of what I look for in a woman. Mm. The first thing I look for in a woman, don't call me crazy. Because all the girls I'd been with thought I was crazy. Like, okay. oh, huh? you're mad, you're going to kill yourself. Look at you on the motorcycle, look at you flying the airplane. So when she saw me and she thought what I did was cool, I, found, right. I thought, oh, wow, I yeah. think I found my soulmate here. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot to actually support a man on this because she could have ended, ended up becoming a widow. Right. It wasn't until I finished around the world flight mm -hmm. that I realized I'd been very selfish because I had life insurance in place. Mm -hmm. And I suspect life insurance companies every on a weekly basis or two weekly basis mm -hmm. to run your name, oh, yeah. my name right. through the database right. and the internet and go through everything that comes up. Right. So I had this email from the insurance company, life insurance company saying, dear Mr. Odegerin, yeah. are you doing anything risky. risky in aviation, not related to flying for your normal day job? I responded, yes, I was. We are sorry this time, we cannot insure you. So if anything happens to you on the strip, you're not covered. Wow. Now, how do you explain that to your wife to yeah. say, look, honey, I yeah. might be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And people do die from this. Yes. So I think she, she was definitely my backbone. I couldn't have done it without her, definitely. Yeah. yeah. 100%. What do you tell your kids about these feats? Mm. The greatest thing your child can tell you mm. is to look you in the eye and say, Papa, I'm proud of you, Papa. Mm. Mm. My kids at school have a television in their classroom. And the teacher asked them, tell us about someone famous or someone inspiring that you know as a child. And most kids were writing about Columbus or writing about this guy or that guy that conquered this. And my daughter chose to write about me. Oh dear, I love And the teacher went, no, someone famous, not your dad, not your dad. And she went, well, Google my dad. That's famous. <laughs> and the whole classroom was like, oh my God, Leona. And she came home and said, Papa, I'm really, really proud of you. Mm -hmm. And for me, that encapsulates all the, everything I've ever, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to inspire your kids yeah. is priceless, yeah, I think. Is. I would think so. Um, yeah, that's it, priceless. Yeah, yeah. We need you to subscribe, yo. <laughs> and the reason is simple. The kinds of conversations, the kinds of worlds that we construct with our conversations on with Chude 
are driven by a vision of the kind of world I want to see, you know. You are the most important person in this entire ecosystem. You subscribing monthly. So do go ahead, subscribe. Ask somebody else to subscribe. Advise somebody else to subscribe. Refer to someone to subscribe. It matters, truly. Thank you as we continue to be human together.